Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. Tonight, first of all, I want to give thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, through his death, burial, and resurrection, saved us from eternal destruction. And I want to emphasize that, that through the sacrifice of Jesus, we have been saved out from eternal destruction. And so this is the teaching of the Word of God. It may not be the teaching of contemporary theology, but it is the teaching of the Word of God. And so before we begin our study tonight in the book of James, let us have a word of prayer. We do give you thanks, Heavenly Father, for this time to study your word. We ask to be guided by the Spirit of God, who is the author of the scriptures. And we do thank you for this opportunity to meet with your saints, Lord, in the study of, of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight I want you to discuss the book of James in general, and I want to uh, Speak about some uh, particular aspects of faith uh, as given in the book of James. So, uh, this uh, James has five chapters, there are five chapters in the letter of James. And so, uh, James speaks of a, he just like give an intellectual explanation of the word faith. In fact, you will not find anywhere in the word of God an intellectual uh, explanation for faith. Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 does not, uh, in the following verses, do not give an uh, an intellectual explanation of faith. That is an intellectual understanding. Of the word faith, in Greek is pistis, and uh, it is a, both a verb and a noun. So uh, it is a very important term uh, for believers to understand. So we may call it a noun of action, uh, just as the word caddis or grace is a noun of action. First John three and uh, John three sixteen. For God so loved, uh, uh, the word there agape is also a noun of action. And let me say once again that you will find very few passive nouns in the Greek New Testament. Now, we may find quite a few passive nouns 
in the English translation of the Greek uh, New Testament. But in the manuscripts that are used, uh, and in the manuscript, the manuscript evidence that we have points to a very few passive nouns uh, in, uh, in these documents. Now, having said that, let me say that we do not have access to any uh, uh, original documents or the autographer, as they are called. But we do have access uh, to manuscripts and uh, through the writings of the early church fathers, etc. So we have uh, what we need as far as evidence for the veracity of the New Testament. So uh, James uh, as was a brother of our Lord, and that is a very important uh, distinction for us to make. He is the Apostle James, and he had an extraordinary testimony, which remains to this day. So, uh, the Epistle of James is a practical book that discusses living the faith, living the faith. Remember, uh, in the Greek, the word faith is a noun of action. Uh, and so this letter contains echoes of the Sermon on the Mount and the book of Proverbs, both of which are practical, both of which are practical. So if we truly practice our faith, it will be seen in how we face trials, and that we find in James chapter 1. It will be shown in the way we treat people. That's James chapter 2. If we truly practice our faith, it will be seen in what we say. James chapter 3. If we truly practice our faith, it will be seen in how we deal with sin in our lives. James chapter 4. If we truly practice our faith, it will be seen in our prayer life, James chapter 5. And so that is a very simple outline for you. And uh, just uh, take time to ruminate uh, on these uh, very important distinctions. Now, uh, so... James, in chapter 1, James will talk about trials as a touchstone of faith. Another important word that I want to introduce to you is in James chapter 1, 3. It is the word uh, genostes, which means experiential knowledge. So, and also, uh, if you have time uh, or when you have an opportunity, please read 1 Peter 1, 7. And Peter there talks about uh, the test or the touchstone of faith. So the apostles have a, uh, a kaleidoscope, and this is 
And so they will show you because of, of the depth and the profound nature of faith, each personality displays a particular aspect of what faith is. And so that is very important to understand. Once again, the apostles never give a, an intellectual understanding of the word or other term faith. Also, in the Old Testament, uh, through the lives of the prophets uh, and through uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, uh, through the various uh, person, uh, personages there, you will see uh, faith. Now, the Old neither does the Old Testament give a definition of the word faith. Oh, in the Old Testament, very succinctly, faith is what one does. The Old Testament uh, was written for an agrarian people, and so the imagery was very simple but the imagery used by the writers thereof was very profound. So faith in the Old Testament is what one does. It is what one does. That same emphasis is carried over into the New Testament. Faith is what one does. The object of our faith is the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the object of our faith. He is the direct object of our faith. Please read Hebrews chapter 11 very carefully. So, I'm going to read uh, James chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. Quote, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. As you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. If he is a double-minded man. In the Greek, it literally reads uh, a two-souled man. A two-souled man. Unstable in all he does. It's a very, very powerful statement. Verse 9. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride, ought, uh, ought to take uh, pride in his high position. But the one who is rich 
to take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and the beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed or blessed is the man who perseveres under trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is when he by his own evil desire, uh, he he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created, unquote. So I'm going to stop there for a moment because there there is a lot to cover here. Um, So verse in chapter one, verse uh, verse two, verses two and three, uh, created considerable pain for me uh, at one point in my walk with God. It was very hard to read these verses. It was very hard to accept these verses. And then God, uh, through my prayers, God revealed another important doctrinal term uh, to me, and it, it is here trans, uh, translated or transliterated as perseverance. And I had to learn that. And God had to teach me the meaning of that, uh, this that blessing through trial. So I went through a, a, I'm going to put it this way, I went through a long season where I resisted uh, this particular blessing that God needed to sow into my life so that he could move me on to do other, uh, that is, greater things so that I could experience greater blessings. But in order for those greater blessings not to destroy me or my spiritual life, I had to learn humility and how to depend upon God. I had to learn to lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him. In other words, God had to break my pride. And it was a long, and this was a long struggle, a long 
Jesus in my life. And I'm here on the other side. Very thankful. Because I had to learn that his grace is sufficient for me, is made complete or perfect in weakness. So instead of glorying in the flesh, as Paul said, I will glory, I will glory in my infirmities. And I do. I glory in my infirmity because it is through my infirmity that I see the lovely face of Jesus. And so James writes in James 1, 2, Consider it pure joy or consider it whole joy. Consider it whole joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, in the Greek, it literally reads, consider it whole joy, my brothers, when you are surrounded by trials. I've been there. I know what that's like. And it is not easy. But then there's another spiritual gem in the Greek New Testament that I want to share with you. Verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, this Term, this is these words mature and complete. In the Greek, there's there's this word. Uh, the word is holokleros. Holokleros. It is a very interesting term, and I've rarely heard homilies or addresses or pulpit speeches on this particular term. Holocleros, H-O-L-O-K-L-E-R-O-S. Holocleros is the one who has persevered. The one uh, refers to a person who having once lost has now regained completeness. He has, and furthermore, he has no deficiencies of any 
time. You remember when Paul said that his grace is sufficient for me? Whereof is divine character, hola, holo, meaning whole, holo clerop. This is uh, the anthropology of James with regard to uh, faith having completed its work. I want you to see why none of the New Testament writers provide intellectual definition of faith. Because the kind of faith that the apostles lived has no mere intellectual explication. And so the result of persevering through various trials creates the character that God wants in us. Why is this so important? Well, First John chapter 3 states that, beloved, we don't know, we do not know where we shall be, but we do know that when we see him, we will be like him. For we shall see him as he is. We cannot be in the presence of our Savior, fleshly eyes, fleshly mind, fleshly desires, fleshly attitudes, unclean thoughts, unclean ways, unclean actions. When I go before him, And when I stand before Jesus, I want blood-tipped right thumb. That is, I will do the work of God. When I go before Jesus, I want a blood-tipped right ear. That is, I will hear the word of God. When I stand before Jesus, I want a blood-tipped right great toe. That is, I will walk in the ways of God. And so, James, this, this great theologian of faith, lays out for us the meaning of whole joy, the meaning of faith and wisdom. He lays out for us proof of the genuineness of our faith. 
result, verse 4, is that is perseverance. Must finish its work so that you may be mature. God wants us as mature believers. The book of Hebrews talks about believers who had to relearn the first principles of Christ because their attitude, their ways, their walk had become fleshly. And we know what the flesh had done in the church at Corinth. We know that the last remaining great New Testament church was the church at Colossae. The church at Colossae is no longer than the church at Ephesus. The church at uh, Ephesus had great pastors, great pastors. The church at Colossae lasted longer. It was located in the Lycus Valley. The book of Ephesians provides for us as saints what it, uh, that is the teaching of the body of Christ. That is the Soma, Christos, the, the body of Christ. The book of Colossians, which is the Cephele, that is Christ, the head of the church who mediates to his church the true, that is, the word of God. He mediates the nutrients. He mediates uh, the sustenance from his eternal person that you and I need. Jesus said, my flesh is Meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. We are at feast upon the person of Jesus. He is the bread of life. He is the water of life. He is the resurrection and the life. Our all in all is found in Jesus. Verse 5, James writes, this is uh, chapter 1, James 5, uh, 1, 5. If any of you lack, lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. God wants to bless. And God is waiting for you and I to ask for wisdom. And wisdom is what? It's of life, the needs of life, the way of life. Uh, that is, it is not mere empty intellectual knowledge. It is knowledge that is essential for our spiritual well-being, wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, you will find wisdom for every area of life. Our sexuality, our financial lives, 
our marriages, child raising, everything that you and I need, all the wisdom that you and I need to negotiate this life in an appropriate and godly manner will be found in the book of Proverbs. So I want to stop here tonight at at the end, end of verse 5. But God will test you. He will test me. He will test our faith. And he will provide you and I the strength so that we can persevere and become stronger in our faith. God wants to bless us. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. So we have to understand, according to the book of James, that is in these few verses what God says. And again, it is imperative that you and I, uh, please read uh, these chapters because I'll, uh, please read the, the letter of James. I'm going to be going through more Bible doctrine in the book of James. God bless you. And good evening.